0: Well, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Stories Told From The South. I am your host, Stephen LaBooth, and we've got some great, great, sciss, sciss, sciss stuff for you today. (laughs) Well, how is everybody doing, man? I just want to say thank you. The numbers keep looking good. But we can do better, guys. I know uh, I know we can. So just keep telling your friends, passing the word around, and let's get more people listening to the show. What do you say, ma'am? I think it's a good show. I know sometimes I sound like stuttering Stan when I'm up here. And I can't pronounce something. But that's my dyslexia kicking in. But we've got a good show going today. Like I said, I just want to say thank you to everybody. I'd really like to to get some more followers and get going with it. So... I think we can do that because it keeps growing. And wherever you're listening to me from around the world, want to say thank you. Thank you very, very, very much. So, we really that, do appreciate it. Yeah, because it, it's pretty cool. I do this out of my freaking house. I don't have any big media, anybody helping mm-hmm. me. I pay for everything myself.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't have any advertisements or anything. The only advertising I do is on the shows when I promote my other podcasts. So, that's about it. So, I think I'm doing pretty good for just some poor old country boy doing it out of his house. You know, so. But we need, we can do better, guys. So come on. Tell everybody yeah. about ghost stories told from the south. But this is episode 140, guys, which means 10 more episodes, 150. That means we're getting close to having our three-year celebration. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, for the three-year celebration, what I want to do is... I'm going to do like a mega episode where I'm going to stick our anniversary from the first year, our anniversary from the second year together, and bam, put them together for you. that would be cool. Yes. And I don't know what kind of special I'm going to do for uh, this one. I'm really thinking about it, but I don't know what I can do to make a real good show. So if anybody's got any ideas of their hometown that's something that's scary, send it to me through Facebook. My emails is uh, all lowercase ghost stories told from the south. Quit picking. I'm sorry. Ghost Stories Told from the <laughs> South. And uh, it's a Ghost Stories Told from the South at gmail.com. It's all lowercase. Send me some uh, stories there. So yeah, if y'all got anything, I want to make this three year anniversary show freaking amazing and scary and scare the pants off of you.
1: <laughs> all I right. Don't know what that was. Well, guys,
0: it's about that time to good. Find you a nice warm blankie. Get you some hot coffee. Some hot cocoa. I'll oh, get you something to drink. Cuddle up by a nice cozy fire. And get ready to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our first story is the St. Vincent Mental Asylum in Oklahoma City. All right. I got to get a little closer to the light. And I do got my bifocals on. St. <laughs> Vincent Hospital was opened in 1945 as a mental asylum housing men only. It wasn't until the 1960s that rumors of murders within the asylum began to circulate. The first known killing happened when a nurse staff suffocated two patients for no apparent reason. That's kind of freaking nuts. I know. You know, it makes you wonder if it was the place that did it or maybe she was just that mentally unstable. Yeah. Yeah, she smothered these two patients for no reason just to do it. Mm -mm. Uh,
1: That's weird.
0: There were many more murders over the years, right up until the hospital closed its doors in the 1980s. Mm. The property is now considered to be one of the most haunted places in Oklahoma City. Thanks to the presence. Oh, thanks to the presence of, uh, ve- of uh, thanks to the presence of many spirits.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> I know what that word means. I just can hardly pronounce it. So, anyways, <laughs> many spirits who are thought to be the tortured souls of some of the asylum's former patients. The property is private and cannot be entered without permission. That several paranormal investigator investigation groups have been granted access and have managed to capture some of the very comp the very the very uh, complicated uh, events. Some of these investigators believe that the ex. Where did I say that? Okay, some of the believe that the okay the accesses and have managed to capture some very... Oh, God. I didn't want to do that. I screwed up, guys. I read... I went... Anyways. Some of these investigators believe that the asylum is inhabited by demonic force. This is one that has apparently been there since before the hospital was closed down. It is even thought to... It is even thought to have driven both staff and patients insane, which could actually explain these the uh, spat of murders that happened. St. Vincent was uh, operated by the Brothers of Mercy and was built in 1945. The nursing order of the Catholic Brothers moved to the uh, present location and built the old section of the of the building in 1953, the addition the addition was built using a grant from Hillborn Saint Vincent takes male patients and it takes uh, male patients only. In 1957, patient patients this is what I didn't like. This is what I thought was just so effed up. Patients from seven years old up to ninety. We're all based in the, we're all in the same facility.
1: Uh Uh-uh, no, separate them.
0: The the addition added several semi-private rooms with with connecting baths and a lounge on each floor, nursing stations, and a chapel. Yeah, man, you need to, I mean.
1: Separate them. Seven to 90 years
0: old hanging out with, I mean, no, No. man. Keep the kids with the kids till they're 18 and then start sticking them. Yeah. You know. I don't know. That's just weird. That's just asking for some weird shit. hmm The home has had its, had its share of endings, and in 1962, a nurse... See, I don't get this. They just talked about this, and I think they talked talk about it again. But anyways, in 1962, a nurse brutally suffocated two patients simply for the thrill of it. But the charges were later dropped because the man had, hmm, the man had, the man had a very bad disease. He basically had a disease that was going to kill him anyway. So, so just, she basically used the excuse that she killed him to put him out of his misery. Mm-hmm. But she don't, she could not say that about the other guy.
1: <laughs> oh, I just killed him for pleasure. I just yeah. Did it anyway. Don't care.
0: <laughs> and in nineteen eighty eight, Reverend Richard Frank Dolan, who founded the uh main uh main uh, the main archery. Archery Yeah, the main archery uh, was found murdered in his apartment. And in nineteen eighty three, a man who lived at the home was shot and killed in Norman. Wow! Strange events.
1: What heck?
0: Reverend Richard Frank Dolan is a uh, Frank Dolan also holds an interesting past. He was arrested for soliciting prostitution in 1984 when he approached a male undercover officer for sex. Oh no! He also was known to hire men to work for him at the flea market on 10th and Penn in Oklahoma City. He also he he was also the center of controversy within the church for his involvement in multi bingo halls in the city the investigation into his mystery death led police to Colorado where a friend of the priest confessed that this was not the first attack on Dolan he had a history of attacks in in a in conversation. Conversations with him There was an arrest made And it made in his murder However the suspect Was released due to insignificant Evidence and the murder Is still unsolved to this day What? Yeah <laughs> The building no. still stands today But all windows are gone And trash is everywhere So If you live in Oklahoma City Go check that place out for me Let me know how it is
1: Dad, Fabian <laughs> wants you to say his name.
0: Oh God, I ain't saying his name.
1: Hi, Fabian.
0: <laughs> I'll say hi to him if he likes and follows yeah, and like downloads and follow. every and downloads every episode <laughs> to get my numbers up. Yeah. All right. I hope you all like that one. Now let's get on with the next story. All right, guys. Our next story is. The first territorial prison, it was called the Black Jail, and it is in Guthrie, Oklahoma.
1: Why are all these in Oklahoma?
0: Because I kind of centered it around Oklahoma this week. I've been trying to look for prisons and stuff, but I can't find a whole lot of prisons in it. <laughs> prisons in every state. Yeah. Because you know, prisons are haunted like a mother lover. But this is the his the Black Jail history. The old original structure constructed constructed with eighteen inch thick walls of a dark limestone and brick fifteen in brick fifteen years before Oklahoma even became a state. So this was built fifteen years before Oklahoma even became a state because before Oklahoma was a state, <laughs> of course, it was Indian territory. There was five tribes that lived there. Into it was a. Uh, Consider the Badlands, you know, mm-hmm. that's where outlaws would go to hang out when they was running from the law. Because there was really no law there because that was chair, that was yeah. the, the Indians land.
1: Hey, y'all just murdered a bunch of people. <laughs> the, uh,
0: the jail built in 1892 was the first federal prison in the Midwest of the United States. This building located at the intersection of Second Street and Noble Avenue received its infamous name from inmates. <laughs> uh, stop it, then I'll put that up and, uh, Make a Reel <laughs> Yeah Sorry guys, <laughs> I was doing a little video on my phone to put up on the uh, Facebook Reels and TikTok for later. Yeah. Okay, because of the inmates. Okay. The black jail could house 90 prisoners in its two-story building with a a complete basement that held the uh, solitary confinement. And solitary confinement is basically a a cell but with no bars. It's a big old thick door, Mm -hmm. and when they shut it, it's black. That's why they call it the hole. Yeah, there's yeah. no light. The only light you have is maybe a light like that comes in from outside s- on oh. the slide thing in the door. That was pretty much it. That's where you went. That was their version of uh, ISS for you kids that are in school. Oh, no. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'd rather have that kind of ISS than do work. <laughs> the
0: uh, material used for the construction offered no insulation from the Midwest weather, winter well, back then, they didn't have insulation much and all that. They had to use like natural stuff like grass and hay and stuff. And sometimes they didn't even have have that in there at the time. It was just the uh, the stone or bricks, whatever they used, or the wood. And in the summer, the inmates suffered from dehydration because it was like an oven in there. While in the wintertime, a damp, cold made prisoners have the flu and respiratory infections all of the time. Then, after it was the black jail, it became the Nazarene Church. Still before Oklahoma became a state, the black jail closed, and the remaining inmates were transferred to another another federal prison. The building that was one of the most feared federal prisons of the United States was abandoned for a while. but soon the uh, Nazarene Church bought the property and started renovating the building to accommodate its congregation members to become one of the most porpo- one of the most uh, prolific churches from the area the nazarene church accompanied uh occupied the old prison until the early 1970s when the when the uh organi- when the church moved to another location so after it was a jail then it was like a church oh
1: that's and then, nice yeah <laughs>
0: And I'm not going to read its next part because it goes, like, into big detail. Ooh. What happened next was it was a Samaritan cult. And it, the Samaritan Ooh. cult Ooh. Uh, bought the house, and that's what it was for a while. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah. And then after it. that, I think uh, that's when the, that's when the uh, Oklahoma the state came in and bought it and made it a museum. Or made it a national landmark or something, because it was one of the first territorial prisons in that area. It was the first federal prison.
1: Mm.
0: Now we're going to talk about the paranormal activity at the church, because it's a you know, like I said, it's not a church or a cold house anymore. So. Claims of paranormal activity trace back since black jail, teri- uh, black jail territorial prison days. Say that three times fast. <laughs> disembodied, vo- disembodied voices are heard on the first floor, and in the basement area, and in the ha- uh, hallways. Oh, sorry. <laughs> the sound of metal doors slamming shut. Regardless of the fact that all but one one material one metal door remains to this day, <clears throat> reports that inside the old cells there were sounds of coughing and heart and or there were reports of hard coughing occasionally, <coughs> which makes <laughs> sense. Yeah, <laughs> which makes sense, you know, because they said during the winter they'd get cu- uh, sick and stuff also these sounds of children playing outside.
1: Well, that's not scary at all.
0: Well, you gotta figure. It was a church for a little bit oh, and then that yeah. cult lived there and they had families and stuff.
1: Mm-mm, that's scary. Yeah. Imagine her that at night. Well, I
0: would be out. <laughs> I'd be like, screw <laughs> no. you ghost kids, you can have it.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, where was I at? Of children playing outside the black jail have been overheard. No connection with the children from the community, the church, or the uh, Samaritan cult house, though. That's what they think. But where else would the voices come from? Because it was a prison at first. They didn't yeah. have kids there. Duh. So that means it had <laughs> to <laughs> no, no, no. come. It had to be some ghost from when it was a church or when uh, it was a, a Samaritan cult oh. house. Yeah. Not when it was a prison because there was not no kids there.
1: Oh, yeah. That's the name of the other story.
0: Now, here is James Phillips, Phillips, the most notorious ghost from the black jail. The most active ghost from the black jail is witnessed by several people appearing at his old cell window looking towards across the street. That'd be creepy, Mm. looking in there and seeing someone looking back at you. Mm -mm. The Paranormal Research researchers believe the name of the ghost is James Phillips. According to the state Capitol newspaper and prison records, Phillips murdered a local man in con- in concession. He was the first white man sentenced to be hang hung or hanged in- at the jail in the summer of 1907. Well, I wonder before he got hung if he played that song, Swing low, <laughs> sweet chariot, chariot. <laughs> coming for to carry me home. Oh That's, I shouldn't have done that. That was too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Report by guards while watching the construction of the uh, gallows, he was going to be hung later that same day from his old cell windows. So, basically, he's having to sit there and watch them construct this gallow. With, a gallow is how they hung you.
1: Yeah. Back then, it the was
0: day. like a stage. You walk up on it.
1: But it had like has a, a trap
0: door. Yeah. And it has a, a deal above it where the rope is. And you get on that rope and all that. And, they and then they, they your just neck
1: and then lever.
0: They pull that lever, lever, lever and the floor is like this. And it pff, drops. Yeah. And you go,
1: wee And bye-bye. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, where was that? So basically, think about that. Before he uh, died, he had to watch them build the object that was going to kill him.
1: So he just said, screw it.
0: <laughs> the Black Joe guards found James Phillips in solitary confinement in the prison's basement uh, level dead. They found him dead. Coroners determined that the inmate's heart failure his heart failed, he had a heart attack, basically back then they didn't know what a heart attack was, so they just said heart failure in mm. two back then though nineteen o seven it was i mean our technology wasn't what it is Mm-mm. now,
1: no, not even they close. said
0: he uh died from the fright of having to watch them build the gallows to hang him, but it his ghost ap- appears wait but it appears his ghost has no rest. Shortly after his death, guards, prisoners, and other witnesses since uh, since then claim to hear footsteps within the cell and along the hallway that leads to it. The sound of the man sobbing is also heard coming from from Philip's cell. Abandoned since the... uh, this says place has been abandoned since the Good Samaritan Colt left the place. Mm. And the black jail today only attracts paranormal investigations and curious to people who are curious to catch paranormal evidence from the other side. So if you ever have a chance and you live in Oklahoma, go check that out and report back to me. Mm-mm. Alright guys, we're gonna take one quick break and we'll be right back.
1: How's everybody doing today? It's
0: your good old friend Uncle Dickie from Borderline Texas Trash. The most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a spine, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is borderline Texas trash about? And who is its son bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting in the day, baby. We gonna get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white light lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of borderline Texas trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about... Uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that. And we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts. Do a little joking around. And my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Boothville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart. Uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dickie, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, babies. Because we, we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dined with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, borderline Texas trash. Don't forget about it. If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit,
1: <laughs>
0: Come check my show out Come check me and my crazy family out Some of the shit we do We do live uh, shows from the barbecue So I'll see you later Bye <laughs> Alright Bye. Our next story we're gonna cover Is the Washita Historic Site and Museum In Durant, Oklahoma Okay This is Gonna be pretty juicy, pretty good. But let's get on with it. <coughs> fort Washita Historical Site and Museum is a reconstruction of the eighteen hundreds military fort that has rebuilt that has been rebuilt uh, that has rebuilt buildings in the old ruins as well offering a step back in time to visit what what it was like to be stationed here. It played an important part in the protection and the development of the western states. It reminds me of other historical sites in North Dakota, like Fort Ambracrombia or Fort Abraham Lincoln State Park, Fort Washita Historical Site and Museums. State park development is probably in between these two forts, and are different stages of being reconstructed. When Tom, this is the guy writing the story. Mm. When Tom and I visit, when Tom and I, right here.
1: <laughs> I'm not Tom, but okay.
0: When Tom and I visited these two forts in 2012, Fort. Ambrocrombia had the old jail, the buildings used as a museum, and a guard station was rebuilt. Though all the other buildings are mapped out as to where they were originally were located, Abraham Lincoln State Park had a row of barracks reconstructed the reconstruction house of General Custer, as well as the reconstruction used to get to used as the gift shop by 2021 the they may have made some progress in their buildings plans the most complete 1800s fort that we have ever seen was fort bridger in wyoming it has been totally rebuilt including cemetery in the in cemetery in the house of officers the mess hall, and the barracks in the hospital, and etc. Even Burge's trading post is there as well. We highly recommend to go visit these forts, man. I haven't visited them, but if these guys say they're good, you might as well do it. Yeah. Tom and I have never visited Fort Washita historical site yet, but plan to do soon in the future. There are restored structures which would be interesting to see and would love to take the tour. Okay, now let's get into. Let's see, is this the. No, this ain't the history. I'm not going to get into the. Well, the fort. I will get into when the fort was originally built and all that. In the year the fort was originally built. Did I write that down anywhere?
1: No, I didn't.
0: Anyways, where was I? The largest expansion. Trying to find my place where I was. Okay, it was. uh Okay, it's it's built near near the red and the washita rivers the red river is the river that uh, splits oklahoma and texas mm. it was built around that area and it looks like it was built in 1834 and uh it was used basically it was like one of the uh their i think cut it cutter quarter horses because back then they didn't have uh, vehicles or anything, yeah. so they uh, that was one of their biggest uh, units uh, on horses. Yep. Because that's how they always had to travel that's back how they then. Got around and-, and everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, basically, how they got the part of that land—it was Indian land—and of course, uh, we kicked them off of it and took it. Well, we didn't take it. But, I mean, we kind of, we did, but anyways, I don't know how you want to look at that. But um, I'm telling ghost stories, <laughs> not history. Well, I'm kind of telling history, I guess. But uh, here we go. This is why the fort was built. The need for a federal fort to keep the peace in the area was very, very in need. The superintendent of the Indian Affairs for the uh, Western Territory, William Armstrong, took action in 1838 and requested that the War Department build a fort there by the Washita River. Construction of Fort Wichita began in the spring of 1842. Man, I was off. I think I said 1834. I was wrong. Companies A and F in the second. Dragons were the ones who built the uh, structures needed under the command of Captain George A. H. Blake. By 1858, the Fort Washita Fort was like a small community. A nearly continuous construction of permanent buildings at Fort Washita began in 1843. Within 15 years, a hospital, surgeons' quarters, and barracks had been constructed of stone. In addition to the wooden structure, other additions include such anonymities as a bowling alley. Now, that's weird. How the hell do they have a bowling alley back then? That had to come farther in time. I don't know when bowling really actually started, though. So, If anyone wants to look that up for me, please look that up.
1: I'm doing that
0: right now. Within 15 years. Okay, I already said that. Bowling Alley, oh, and it had a bar. Everybody's got to have a bar so they can drink their Kool-Aid from running them horses all day. Oh, and it had a library, and it had it had its own newspaper. Various companies of dragons and infantry and artillery in the uh, faculties from its foundings until it closed in eight... Oh, what?
1: Look at that. It started back like, like, uh, it? Oh that? my God.
0: They said bowling started like in 1500 B.C. B.C. Be- means before, before Christ. Christ. Yeah.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: That's weird. Around.
1: How that the hell they do it back
0: then? I guess yeah. just some rocks and some round oh. rock, but they um, would have to hold them like this because they couldn't draw a hose. I um, that's weird. I don't
1: huh. know what this is. Uh, no, never mind. That's dodgeball. Cool thing about dodgeball, uh, Chinese do with, like, uh, warrior heads. Yeah. And throw them at each other, like, headless.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. But anyways, uh, what did I say? It closed It's uh, until the, the 1850s when it was served. Oh, wait. What did I say? Okay, it clo- the... Okay, it closed in eighteen fifty eight, which I don't know why it would close. Well, like I don't know. Mm. Cause they still had it still needed a need for it. Yeah, see how much BS they put on here?
1: Yeah. All like the tiniest little details. Yeah. When we just need the regular details of scary stuff.
0: Here's one story. And this is uh this woman's name will come up in some of the stories I read. Mm. Okay. A rumor was circulating that Aunt Jane, the wife of the officer, always, oh, the wife of an officer, always carried $20 of gold, $20 in gold. However, she traveled. One day when she was uh, returning from town, thieves jumped her, and one of them got mad and cut off her head. Oh,
1: shit.
0: I didn't go that far reading it when I was researching. Oh my God! Whoa, Got mad and cut her head off. Cute. Probably when they discovered that she did not give uh, the gold on gold on gold on her, it was just a rumor. They might have taken her head off head as a prize.
1: Mm-mm. Wow! Oh. <laughs> See, that says you how messed up back in the Ooh, day. Ooh, listen
0: was. to this: people who lose their heads in death are seven or even after death, and the head isn't buried with the uh, body, Ooh. the spirits sometimes stick around to look for it. Woo. Yeah, so keep that name in mind.
1: Cool thing, if you ever do get your head, off, head chopped off... <laughs> Uh, it takes like thirty seconds to for you to like for your head to comprehend that you're dead, and then your head is completely chopped off of your body.
0: Yeah, because it's for real when they yeah, you chop your head off. Your all... eyes was still.
1: Yeah, there's this dude that or this prison cellmate that they killed. They chopped his head off. Scientists mm-hmm. did the experiments and they asked him to blink right after, and it blinked. Yeah, it was well
0: because I mean it. It's just like when I used to go catfishing a lot. When you clean a catfish and chop their yeah. heads off, they do the same thing. They're yeah. still going.
1: Bleh, bleh, bleh.
0: <laughs> It's weird. When I was a kid, my grandpa used to tell me that that was a catfish coming back to get me for him, oh, Just no. to mess with me. And I was like, because I'd be sitting out there and you'd hear him late at night sometimes.
1: They're loud.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Okay, now here are some of the manifestations. Okay, our first story is the spirit of Aunt June. Oh, wow. I told you to keep nice. that name in mind. The living have reported seeing her headless appar- headless apparition in a white gown floating near the fort ruins. Her apparition has been seen climbing up the walls for the walls of the ruins, still looking for her head. Some have said they have seen her riding a horse, pill mill through the fort's ruins. With her with her long Black hair flowing behind her. Okay, how does she have long black flowing hair if she don't have a head?
1: Mm.
0: That's weird. <laughs> Anyways, That's weird. <laughs> what is interesting is that she has her head. Okay, in its favorite pastime for Aunt June, or perhaps it's another special woman. That is weird because she got her head chopped
1: off. Yeah.
0: I don't know. Maybe she came back and it's
1: hmm. she another has her head. Woman. I don't know.
0: All right. The next one is called Protecting His Turf. Okay. Treasure seekers have always found Aunt June's rumored money, but some have felt another presence not happy having people digging up what they Ooh. see as federal property. Ooh. Yeah, start digging around some ghost place. See what happens. See if you don't get your ass slapped. Be like, you digging up my freaking ghost territory? This is mine.
1: That's funny.
0: It has been reported that unseen forces stop some treasure hunters. Big axes from even touching the ground. Ooh, so big axes.
1: Oh, I thought you said something else.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I didn't say that. (laughs) This could be the spirit of General Belknap, who could be restless because he died before seeing his family and buried in a place he had never seen alive.
1: No, that's sad.
0: Yes. He may feel he needs to protect this fort from the damage done by greedy individuals trying to resume his services. Hmm. All right, our next story is an annoyance done after the what are you looking behind you for are you scared no, after the Chickasaw not. tribe was decided was deeded the property in 1870. Oh, so, okay, they uh, Indian tribes and all that came in. I mean, there was still your regular Indians there. But yeah. The five Indian tribes didn't come till 1870. My bad. Mm. By the Department of Interior of Chickasaw Native America, American by the name of Charles Galbert rebuilt many. Did
1: you say Galbert?
0: No, Colbert. Yeah, Col Colbert. see. Yeah, Colbert, of the bear, uh, barracks, excuse me, making one of them home for his family in their, wait a minute. Okay, many of the barracks, making one, one of them home for his family and the 32 dogs to live. Lord, that would oh, be Ashley. Wow.
1: That would be Ashley having 32 dogs.
0: Yeah, 32 dogs. Wow. A spirit or or two did not approve of having 32 dogs in the home. (laughs) Their former barracks that belonged to them so kept uh, letting the dogs out. Finally, Charles got the message and removed his family off the uh, fort property. So basically this guy had a bunch of dogs in its old Mm. fort he was living at, and the ghost was like, I don't want all these dogs here. Get them out. So it open a door.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I thought it. I thought all
0: I thought right. I Our next story is called uh, "Stronger Measures." These spirits are spirit. These spirit are spirits having few Found. Oh, having found success of getting rid of the Colberts, moved up their game plan. A doctor named Steele and his sister were the next attendants in the rebuilt barracks home. His sister responsibly included keeping up with the home. It wasn't long before she witnessed mis- mischievous, mischievous. Par- paranormal activities or activity. Spirits of young soldiers have a tendency to tease. Mm, I wonder what they do. Go, I'm going to touch you. I'm going to touch you. Nah, I'm, I'm going to touch you.
1: I'm, I'm, t- I'm, no, I'm, I'm not touching you. I'm <laughs> touching your shirt.
0: Probably objects were being moved around. Doors and windows were opening and closing. Uh-uh. Lights going on and off. No. And being touched by unseen hands. Maybe even seeing an apparition or two.
1: No. <laughs>
0: See, I can tell. I could, I'd still get scared seeing this stuff, but Being touched or hearing creepy voices would make me just freaking scream. (laughs) I would let crap up my pants.
1: Will El crap up your pants? Yes.
0: (laughs) The doctor's sister had a nervous breakdown, and they moved out and off the Fort Fort Washita land. (laughs) This one's called the menacing baby. A what? A menacing baby.
1: (laughs) <laughs> oh no!
0: While Aunt June may not have been involved in the activity listed above, she was definitely behind the activity here late in the nineteenth century or early in the twentieth century, because of the spirits of these soldiers was successful in getting the living to leave their turf, she became mean in her tactics to get the living to leave her chosen home. Located near Fort Washita, near the fort's ruins. Aunt Jane became a menacing pest of herself, by haunting a doctor Stalkup and his family who lived in this home that she had claimed as her, her at hers alone, as hers alone. The spirit of Aunt June's most heroic her raising, oh, most harassing action was to occasionally possessing young Molly, who was the child of Doctor Stelka or Stalka. Okay. Wow! So I she was, uh, like they said, using the baby and uh, possessing the fucking kid.
1: No, poor child.
0: One night, Aunt June's apparition went too far and threatened to cut off all Molly's hair. Oh. Wow.
1: Kind of like what you did to Jackson.
0: Yeah, but that wasn't <laughs> a ghost. That was you.
1: <laughs> no, before. Like yeah, whatever.
0: That. When Mrs. Thalcup kneeled in fervent and intense prayer, Aunt Judy backed down and stopped her nonsense. Something was able to stop her prior in Devon, Devon, divine intervention. Our next one is called the, or it's just Un- called Unwelcome. That's all it says is unwelcome. The bon- Bahana Hand Cabin yeah. is located just west of the fort and apparently has been claimed by spirit. By a spirit person with rude manners, and a strong desire to chase the living out of the cabin by making it unpleasant experience. Two female members of the Living History group were reenactors were assigned to sleep in this cabin. One of them awoke and she felt like someone was trying to strangle her. Eh? The other woman woke up and nope. felt unseen presence hovering over her. Yikes! Nope. A uh-uh. third female reenactor joined joined the theater two. Okay, a third female reenactor joined theater two women in the banana bon, bon, whatever a cabin that night. All three of them had nightmares about being smothered. Wow. Mm -mm. And this next one is called Spirits of the Spirits of Soldiers. A green apparition thought to be a spectral soldier was seen walking from the barracks to these stables by a bunch of students. Spirits of the uh, spirit spirits of spirits of union or confederate soldiers may have been the ones that let out the dogs perhaps not too happy to have the building that they had lived in or had burned down before leaving leaving the fort rebuilt and used as a home they may have been they may have been the mischief makers they drove these sisters or doctors still to go over the mental waterfall the spirits of confederate soldiers may have been the spiritual force that burned down the rebuilt southern barracks as they had done earlier while while alive while still alive and back then that's what a lot of them did when they got rid of a fort and stuff instead of uh, cuz they didn't need it anymore they just burn it down And just walk away from it. I'm like, well, that's kind of dumb. Talk about starting a wildfire.
1: Yeah. All
0: right. The next section's uh about the paranormal findings. Females who had tried to live at Fort Washita, Washita, or even uh, nearby, have had unpleasant experiences with the uh, possessive spirits of Union are Confederate soldiers with the spirit of Aunt Jane and a hostile presence in the Ban- Banahana cabin. Bonahannon. Anyways, paranormal investigator groups have found that Fort Washita is a fertile ground for paranormal activity and have caught some hard evidence. The Native American Paranormal Project have had several investigations on the haunted location and have also caught some hard evidence. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed that one. That was a pretty good story. Oh, yeah. I didn't know these stories were that long. I might save this next one for uh, next week because this one's pretty long, too. I think I'll do that because we're already at 45 minutes. I don't want to bore the people and keep them here too Mm -hmm. long because I still got to do my sports one. But tomorrow's Wednesday. I can do it tomorrow if I have to. Wednesday, Wednesday, la, 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 la. Ow. Oh. Well, guys, I hope you'll enjoy the show today. I hope you liked uh, the stories I talked about. Like I said, I've been trying to do prisons, and there's, I go to state-to-state, to state and there's no, There's usually just one or two big-time haunted prisons. That's why I'm trying to fill it in with some insane asylums or little prisons and stuff that were built, or even courthouses. Yeah. So next week, I'm not for sure which states I'm going to cover. I think I got New Mexico. I'm going to try to find some stuff in. Yeah. But Until then, guys, remember, this is Ghost Stories Told from the South. And I am your host, Stephen LeBooth, and this is your co-host, Stephanie.
1: Stephanie LeBooth.
0: <laughs> so you guys, don't be too scary and creepy now when you hear a little bump in the night. And remember, if you got something scary to talk about, send it to me an email. We'll talk about it on the show. But I hope you guys have a great one. Have a good one. Be spooky and uh, see you later.